You're listening to the AISTS Master of Sports Administration podcast, created by Dr. Boris Gojanovich as part of the program Sports Medicine Module. In this series, we attempt to discover, understand, and debate the important issues in the world of sports medicine. Today, we're answering the question, what is unexplained underperformance syndrome in endurance athletes? She's Joanna Cow. And he's Michael Broadley. So, Michael, let's see how our athlete Rosa is doing. Hi, Rosa. How's it going? I'm okay, Mo. I'm really sorry. I haven't seen each other in the last few months. I was in Rio, and then I was at a junior training camp in, in Portugal. How's your training been going? And, and more importantly, how are you feeling overall since we last spoke? Well, as you know, my performance has dipped over 5% for my 10K and half marathon speed in the past few months. Uh, I've been resting more and keeping an eye on my training, but my rate of perceived effort and fatigue ratings are still just very high. Hmm. So that's despite the doctor myself giving you a lighter training program the last few months. How's the quality of your sleep been and is your blood pressure still dropping? Uh, my sleep has been poor and the blood pressure is lower, plus even before the drop in performance, I was feeling moody and with achy joints and my appetite has been on and off, to be honest. I've also had a few more chest infections since I last saw you. Hmm. Sounds like the doctor should come and take another look at you because what we've been doing clearly hasn't having that desired effect. First and foremost, we need to get you back to health. In this short role play, what Rosa was explaining here was symptoms often seen in endurance athletes with overtraining. So despite several months of built-in rest, no competition and only light training, she's still complaining of symptoms often associated with overtraining. And this is after we'd excluded other major pathologies such as cancer, for example. Now there are a lot of different terms around overtraining in medical literature, sometimes confusing so today we really want to present the differences of three types of fatigue associated in endurance athletes that best describe what is happening with this condition. So, Joanna, what should we call this? Well, Michael, in the absence of any specific medical cause and exact pathophysiology, it is probably more accurate to call it what Richard Budget, a famous physician, coined as an explained underperformance syndrome, or UPS. Also, in order to move away from the generic overtraining label, which is often overused and not always accurate in its application. We still don't know what other factors aside from overtraining may lead to failure to recover from training or competition. Also, many athletes with UPS may show similar symptoms but simply recover quicker. So how does UPS actually develop? Well, in order to answer that, we really need to consider two other concepts in the sports science world in regards to endurance athletes. Functional overreaching and non-functional overreaching. And these need to be distinguished from UPS as there can often be a lot of confusion between the terms. Mm -hmm. So first up, broadly speaking, for an, an athlete to improve his or her performance, they have to go through hard training sessions that will lead to key tra transitional uh, phases. Uh, this is overreaching. So Joanna, is this only a good thing? Uh, it depends, Michael. When we speak about functional overreaching, this is where athletes and what coaches should be aiming for improved performance. Now, in case the athlete does not recover from these hard training sessions and improves his or her performance, and instead shows signs of fatigue, we might be moving into a non-functional training state. What does this mean? Well, according to budget, this is when the athlete is overreaching beyond his or her training stimulus. 
and therefore the recovery period takes longer than desired and it can likely interfere with training and races can be missed and there might have to be reduction overall with the training. Okay, Michael, but listeners at this stage might be thinking, how is this different from UPS? Well, of course, the line is somewhat blurry between non-functional overreaching and UPS. The symptoms are quite similar. But in scientific literature, the key differentiator is usually the duration. So non-functional overreaching can go away after six to eight weeks, while UPS can last several months, and in exceptional cases, even years. So what are some of the causes of non-functional overreaching? Well, first up, there's the lack of periodization in training. For example, a typical marathon program of 16 weeks will have every fourth week as a as an easy week in terms of volume and intensity. But many athletes out, out there don't respect this. And then secondly, you've got the monotony of training. So it's very important that you vary the types of workouts, not just day to day, but week to week in order to avoid non-functional overreaching. Then there's the excessive number of competitions and not putting sufficient rest in between them. And finally, you've got those extrinsic stresses that can play a role, be it family, work or financial. And if the athlete keeps pushing him or herself in this direction under these conditions, this can very well lead to UPS. Mm -hmm. What doctors and scientists still aren't sure of is why some people recover from non-functional overreaching and others go on to develop UPS. Hence the name unexplained underperformance syndrome. What we do know is that endurance athletes with UPS display some common physiological and psychological changes, right? Exactly. If we look under the bonnet of the runner, we can see that evidence-based studies have tracked increased levels of stress hormones such as cortisol and adrenaline in underperforming athletes with UPS versus controls. And this raises the fight-or-flight response, and which, as we know, uh, suppresses the immune system and hence the reason for frequent infection in the endurance athletes. So what else is out there? Uh, in athletes with UPS, studies have shown a tired brain has higher ratio of certain amino acids, leading to a chemical imbalance, affecting serotonin levels, which helps control tiredness and sleep cycles, resulting in constant broken sleep. Yeah, and then just to compare, a healthy functioning endurance athlete will have a resting heart rate in the high 30s, low 40s, whereas his or her counterpart at the same level with UPS would be in the high 60s, low 70s. Can you think of anything else, Joanna? Yeah, Michael, we of course have to consider the psychological side too. This is where POMS comes in. POMS? Yeah, the profile of mood states. Okay. An athlete ranks his or her psychological mood daily on a scale according to certain criteria, such, such as fatigue inertia, tension anxiety, anger hostility. Imagine, when an athlete is feeling rested, then these moods should not manifest themselves in the POMS test. But... If these persist or worsen, then there's a problem. So having said all this, what can we do to manage and heal from UPS? Really, Michael, what listeners need to know is that this condition varies on a case-by-case -case basis. UPS results from a combination of factors with both physical and psychosocial causes. Therefore, its management should focus on designing a recovery program that is tailored to address the specific symptoms and the personal and social context in each athlete's case. So what you're saying is that a combination of methods should be implemented in the recovery process. That's right. So in Rose's case, what should we do? Well, according to research, a holistic program would be necessary involving Rose's entourage and also experts from specific fields such as nutrition, sleep management, relaxation methods, 
And of course, emotional support is very important. So it sounds like from what you're saying that monitoring the recovery process is essential towards understanding whether the team is on the right track or whether adjustments uh, to the program are necessary. A hundred percent. So Michael, what are the key takeaways from what we've spoken about today? Well, takeaway one, UPS is clearly a multifaceted condition still not fully understood, hence the unexplained in the title. However, we can see that it is different from functional overreaching and non-functional overreaching. Secondly, functional overreaching is a key part of an athlete's training program in order to progress, but it's critical to monitor the athlete in terms of the adjustments to the more intense training that he or she does. And then finally, periodization is key, along with managing training to other variables in the athlete's life that can, that can affect the physical and psychological state such as the competition schedule and the extrinsic stresses that we mentioned earlier. Okay, that's all for today on Unexplained Underperformance Syndrome in Endurance Athletes. Thanks for listening, everyone. He's been Michael Broadley. And she's been Joanna Cowell. Thanks for listening. If you've got questions or comments, share them directly on this track on the AISTS MSA SoundCloud page or visit us at www.aists.org.